What's up? What's up? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of the Boxing Voice Radio. And we're going to be talking about something very, very interesting. I'm actually excited because I'm looking like a fortune teller. Say hello to Miss Cleo because uh, I told you guys, you know, this Tank Davis and Terrence Bud Crawford possibility of a fight um, is a real thing. And for Terrence, it's an amazing thing to have another pay-per-view option available for you. Someone that can draw, someone that the people care about, and someone that the people think can possibly beat you. And at least, at the very least, that's what Earl Spence Jr. believes. Yes, uh, the nemesis of Terrence Bud Crawford is picking Javonta Davis to defeat. Terrence Bud Crawford. Um, he just says, you know, he's got to ride. We're going to get to those quotes in just a bit. But, man, I would have never expected Earl to uh, go ahead and pick Tank to defeat Terrence, especially since that's his super fight, right? That's, that's the big pay-per-view fight for himself. So putting out there that he believes that same guy is vulnerable enough to lose to a fighter that started at featherweight took me for a turn, for sure, for sure. Now, um, it didn't seem that Earl was joking, as many of you believed that Tank Davis was joking when he originally said on that chicken talk space that if he tapped Terrence's chin, he'd get him out of there. But, obviously, regardless of you know, the host of the space or, or, or Tank himself um, insinuating that there was possibly him just playing, people have put those fights in their mind. And, uh, you know, Earl is one of those guys that obviously this was brought up to him and he gave his opinion. And, uh, you know, again, I'm patting myself on the back because he called it a good fight. A good fight. He didn't say, oh, it'll never happen. Uh, he don't say it isn't realistic. He said it's a good fight. And uh, I'll just fast forward to the bottom because, the, you know, it's all over the place in terms of quotes. He talked about a lot. Ellie sat back, was very close to Earl over the weekend and got a lot of content for everyone. But, uh, and I quote, it would be a good fight. Tank can hit. Tank Davis, uh, and obviously this is Spence reacting to Javonta Tank Davis saying that he can knock out Crawford on that chicken space. Um, and I quote, Tank has the kind of power where he'll knock out anybody if he catches them clean. I think it'll be a good fight. I rock with Tank on that, which is, again, crazy, right? Because now you're letting the world know that your nemesis, the person that everyone thinks is a 50-50 fight with you, that there's another guy out there that can possibly beat the pound-for-pound pound number one Terrence Bud Crawford. So, uh, you know, for Tank, this is perfect. You know, you get all the Earl Spence fans now. They're going to get behind Tank. They're going to believe what the big fish say, you know. And if he says 
tank a knockout, but there's going to be some angry bud tenders in the chat. But um, it is interesting, to say the least, man, because it was a fight that I thought was very realistic. Um, and only because we've seen, you know, the power of Tank. We know how strong he is and that that power carries not only up in divisions, but late in fights. He's gotten knockouts in the last round, the 12th round. He's gotten knockouts as high as 140. And he got a knockout over Barrios, who faced the very known welterweight and couldn't knock out Barrios. You know, Keith Thurman, once upon a time, we called them one time, and it's been a long time since he's got a knockout, and he could not knock out Mario Barrios moving up in weight where Tank had him rolling around the ring. So the power of Tank is real. Um, people speak about it. We've interviewed dozens and dozens of fighters that have been in sparring with Tank, and they talk about it in 16-ounce gloves, let alone 8 ounces. So I think that the only thing that's left is to see, does Crawford entertain it, or does he look at this the way that he kind of looked at Gary Russell, you know, and, and, and the call-outs of Gary Russell? So... How Crawford responds is uh, definitely what I'm tuned into, you know. Um, I doubt that this could be part of any, you know, deal that Crawford strikes with the PBC, but I hope, I hope that something like this can happen, you know. Uh, we've seen Mikey Garcia move up, you know. Um, we've seen Guillermo Regendao the Cuban gold medalists move up, you know? Two divisions. Mikey moved up. Two divisions, you know? Uh, Kel Brook moved up. Two divisions. So, you know, Tank obviously fighting at 135 on January 7th. He would have to move up two divisions to, you know, get in that welterweight division, but I've always, not always, but I would say over the last year or so, I've been pushing that on Tank, you know, to strategically pick specific welterweights only because the welterweight division is the glamorous division. It's the Floyd Mayweather division. It's the money division. Manny Pacquiao has just announced that he wants to come back. That's a fight that makes sense for Javante Tank Davis, you know? Uh, Manny Pacquiao possibly at 140. Maybe he's too old and can't make 140 anymore. So you got to fight, you know, Javante has to move up to 147 and face Pacquiao. A great fight. PBC needs to do that, you know. If anyone needs that Pacquiao fight, especially now that Earl Spence has basically come out and flat out said he won't be fighting Pacquiao, and he doesn't want a Pacquiao fight, that'll be a great fight for Tank. If for whatever reason that Ryan Garcia fight, fight falls apart, man, that is a fantastic backup fight. But we do got a new call. I don't want to make you wait. In the 215, I want to say that's Philadelphia. What's up, brother? Who's this? Hey, Ness, what's going on? You can hear me? Perfect. 
Hey, what's going on, brother, man? It's, it's Niza. I'm a new caller. What's your name? Niza. I was the one that sent in that Frank Martin uh, question yesterday, and you was like, yep, he's definitely African, and I'm going to just leave it there. Okay. Niza, what up? <laughs> yeah. What's going on, man? Nothing, man. Um, I just wanted to call in and give you your flowers, man. I've been tuning into the show for a while now, so I just I've been listening to a lot that you've been saying, and uh, a lot of a lot of what you've been saying makes sense, man. I know you got your angry callers and whatnot, but a lot of the stuff you say makes sense. So I just wanted to give you your flowers, and I definitely like the idea of that Pacquiao Gervonta fight. Yeah, man. Beautiful introduction to 140. An older man, a dude that was never truly a welterweight. Perfect, man. Perfect. Big fight for Tank, yeah, too. For that sure, that should sure, that but... should definitely get him with, with his fan base. He should definitely be able to do over 500,000 with, with Pacquiao. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Do you think that um do you think that could do a stadium? Uh I mean, what stadium? Because you got Tank, you know what I mean? And he's he's the he's the big draw right now. So where would you take it? You right. know, Pacquiao has obviously fought in Dallas. You have to consider Allegiance, right. but Allegiance hasn't even done one boxing match yet. Is Tank and Pacquiao big enough? Sure. Absolutely. I think that's huge. Four that, Tank. That's why, I was Four asking, tank. that's why I brought up the stadium question. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, that's that's why I brought it up, because I was thinking that. Because when I heard you say it, I was like, yeah, that's definitely big enough to go in the stadium. Mm. Yeah, for sure. But I ain't going to hold up the line, man. I just wanted to, you know, give you your flowers and just introduce myself. Appreciate you, man. Keep calling in. For sure, man. Appreciate you. Keep doing your thing, Ness. TVV, you know what it is. All right. Yeah, let's uh, do it. It's going to be a long one since I'll be uh, doing both.
What's up? What's up? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Listen, don't forget, we have a flash 24-hour sale. You're getting 24% off those Kenichi Bear headphones. You better head on over to KenichiBear.com and get yourself one of, one of those headsets. And don't forget to use the code TBV for 24% off, which is damn near 25%. Now, we're here with Coach Larry Wade and Robisi Ramirez, the Cuban sensation. What's <laughs> going on, ladies and gentlemen? How are you guys? Good to see you, brother. Robisi, como está? All right, so obviously Danny is not here, so this is going to be very a very unique interview. I'm going to be doing both English and Spanish to translate. Um, but coach, I'm going to start with you. You have so much going on. You're doing podcasts. You got uh, liquor lines. I mean, you're doing motivational speaking. Uh, what's, I guess, what's your biggest goal you're setting for yourself for 2023? Uh, it's funny you say that because even though I'm involved with all those different areas, I found a more or an equally important space for me to be in besides, you know, strength conditioning and all the other stuff that I do, but, and that's consulting. So I put myself in a space where I've created CLW Consulting and, and it's very unique in a sense where any athlete that I'm dealing with, I get no money from. There's no percentage requested or needed or wanted, but I found that there was a need that, there's a detach between people who are amateurs and some professionals to have access to the direction of what they need to do to become professional, where they need, what, where they need to go to find proper coaching, where they need to go to get proper representation from a management agent standpoint, how to get connected to these promoters, what's needed in the sport. And so I took it upon myself to say, I want to be that bridge to be able to take the information I've been I've earned over time and the relationships I've earned over time with the promoters and the managers and the coaches and try to connect that with some high-level boxers. So that's going to be 2023, CLW Consulting, just where I want to be a resource for anyone who has question of what they should do and how they should do it. I just want to make sure I heard that right. You're doing this for free. Free. You're not charging any percent to free. the fighter. Free. But you will charge the person you connect them with at least. Free. And Ooh. there's a reason why. There's a reason why I want to do it for free because, one, God put it on my heart. Two, I just keep running into situations who people really just need help. And they want help. And I want to help them. You know, at this point, I'm not looking at it as a business. I'm looking at it as an opportunity for me to help someone. And that's where it's at. Now, maybe in my latter years, maybe I transition into it being more of a business. But right now, I just want to help people. And if there's anybody out there that needs help, wants information, want to know how to find proper management, want to know how to find proper coaching, how to connect with these promoters, give me a call or, or send me a message on my Instagram or my, or my email, and I'll do my best to try to connect you or help you in whatever way possible. And you said the name of the consultant agency was? CLW Consulting. CLW? Eh, decir lo que se viene en el 2023. 2023 eh, creo que va a ser mi mejor año eh, para iniciar una nueva historia que, que, 
que ya hemos ido encaminando desde que llegué acá. Tú, tú me conoces desde que llegué y, y has visto eh, todo, lo, todo el proceso. Ya estamos listos para un campeonato mundial. Este 2023, sin duda, vamos en busca de ese título y, y luego, como siempre te he dicho, eh, unificación y, y seguir marcando la historia como, como, como siempre he hecho y la, lo que vine a este país. So obviously I asked him the same question I asked Larry Wade and, and you know, uh, wanted to know what's his goal for 2023. And, and he started off by saying that he had a, a great 2022 and the goals haven't changed. Um, he says, you know, obviously I met him when he first got over here uh, in, in Florida uh, to this country and the, 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 the goals haven't changed. He still wants to be a world champion uh, and he's going to, obviously capitalize off of the good 2022 that he's had and hoping for a world title in 2023. Um, so I want to ask him, obviously, who does he believe he'll end up fighting for that world title and, and obviously which sanction embodies. So, obviously, quería preguntarte con quién tú piensas que tú vas a pelear por ese título y en cuál eh, sanción. Organización, Organización. Sí. Eh, eh, bueno, realmente... Yo estoy listo para pelear con cualquiera de los campeones ahora mismo. Eh, lo, que más, lo que más se está hablando, lo que más hay en redes sociales es el WBO, que no se sabe si, si Navarrete por fin lo va a dejar vacante o, o, o va a decidir quedarse. Pero, pero por ahí es por donde está el camino, es lo que más se está hablando, una pelea con, con dos boes con, o, o con Navarrete si, si se queda en el título. Pero yo estoy listo para pelear con cualquiera hasta ahora. Es lo, como te digo, es lo que se está hablando. Eh, no hay nada confirmado, pero, pero por ahí viene la cosa. Pero el WBO contra, contra los boys o, o, o cualquiera de los primeros ahí en el, en el ranking. So, obviously, I asked Robisi, you know, which sanctioning body uh, is he after and uh, where does he believe that world title will come? So, he said, you know, what's... What's being most talked about is the WBO route. He's uh, ranked at number three in the WBO. Isaac Dogbay is number one, and that's who he believes he'll end up fighting. Obviously, we're waiting for Navarrete to vacate the title. He was supposed to fight Oscar Valdez. That has kind of been postponed. Um, so it's looking like Robisi would like a shot with Isaac Dogbay. So, you know, I want to ask him his thoughts over Dogbay. Obviously, I've seen Dogbay change since his loss to Magdaleno, get with Barry Hunter and look a whole lot better. So, quería preguntarte, obviamente, después que él perdió con Jesse Magdaleno, él ha cambiado su carrera, cambió entrenador y se ve mucho mejor. ¿Cuál es su pensamiento sobre Isaac Dobby como peleador? Bueno, eh, creo que Dobby le ganó Magdaleno. Yeah, I, yeah, um... You're sí, right, you're right, you're right. Isaac Dogbay beat Magdaleno. Yeah, tengo un gran equipo con Ismael Sala, con Larry Wayne, eh, mi, 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 mi asesor legal. Eh, o sea, realmente creo que, que hemos hecho bien el trabajo y que estamos listos para pelear con, con cualquiera de la división. 
So he obviously corrected me and said uh, that Dog Bay beat Magdaleno, which he did, but lost to Navarrete. And uh, yes, that since that loss to Navarrete, he has changed and gotten better. Uh, he believes he's a great fighter and it's going to be a great fight for us fans. Um, but that he's ready. You know, he's got his trainer, Ismael Salas. He's got Coach Larry Wade, you know, uh, and he's just ready to get in there and mix it up. Um, what I do want to ask, obviously, is Dog Bay is a pressure fighter. He's looking to mix it up. And Rabisi has shown us that he likes to put pressure and look for the knockout so it feels like someone may have to box or it's just going to be the battle of who punches harder. So, obviamente, él también le gusta venir para adelante y, tú sabes, soltar mucha trompa. Pero tú, estilo, nosotros nos estamos dando cuenta que tú también te, le, te gusta buscar por el knockout. Tú tal vez no tiras tanto trompa como él porque tú... You're more selective a la hora de... de exactly, you're more selective. But... Uh, se siente como alguien va a tener que boxear o si no, va a ser la cuestión de quién tiene más fuerza o, o pegada. Eso se ve ya después de Río Ring. Yo no, 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 me, no me encierro a, a una sola táctica. O sea, gracias a Dios tengo Ismael Sala, que es un gran estratega, eh, estratega en, en la esquina. Eh, siempre hacemos una táctica para, para estar ready para la forma de pelear de él pero en caso de que, de que no funcione, se cambia. Eh, tengo la habilidad, el don, eh, que puedo cambiar. Eh, realmente creo que, como te dije antes, va a ser una pelea bien entretenida para, para el fanático del bolseo, porque si hay que fajarse, yo me fajo, pero si hay que bolsear, yo bolseo. Si, si tengo que, que hacerlo fallar, eh, tengo la habilidad, gracias a Dios, de, de poder bolsear en, en la distancia que sea. Por lo tanto, eh, creo que todo depende de, de cómo él se presente y, y ahí se verá la guerra. So he said, you know, that we won't know that until we get in the ring uh, because I'm expecting spontaneous combustion is what I'm telling him. And he's saying we won't know until we get in the ring. But luckily, he has... Uh, Robisi, the ability to box if he has to or bang and if he if he wants to. And he's saying, you know, if Isaac wants to bang, he can bang. But if he wants to box, Robisi can also box. And he's also, you know, happy that he has Ishmael Salas there, who's a great boxing mind, that at the times that adjustments need to be made, when he goes back to those corners, to the corners, those adjustments can be made because of Ishmael Salas being there. But, but, Coach, I want to know, obviously, you guys seem to be up and down together now. Uh, what is it about Robisi that has caused you to bond with him so much? Because I, I feel like I see you with him more than other fighters right you know, now. Well, one of the things you have to understand is Robisi, he's a man's man. And when you got a man's man in front of you, you have no choice but to address him and respect him as a man. And he also, he and I got a bond from the very beginning because... One, we had a conversation, and one of those conversations was him trusting me and me being able to trust him as a fighter and us working together. And now we're about a year, year and a half in, actually about a year and a half in at this point, and we've been very straightforward, honest, and hardworking together. So 
how it's, it's very difficult not to bond with someone who you have that type of a relationship with. He trusts me to get him to where he needs to be, and I don't take that lightly from him or any other fighter. When they give me the opportunity to be in their camp, I don't take it lightly, and I put 100% into it. So how long have you guys been working together for this? Like, is he in camp now, just waiting? Are you guys working? Like, how long has he been back? Because I know he lives in Florida. Well, that's a great thing. See, that's part of the understanding Robesi and I both have. He comes and does a pre-camp with me. That's part of the commitment. He wants to do a pre-camp. So before we start a camp, he'll come in for a month, just try to see where his body's at, try to see if we have any issues, and just work on the baseline conditioning. And that way, when camp starts, which is typically immediately after that, we have about two months to get ready. So he's not in camp at the moment, but we are in a pre-camp phase, hoping and praying that that fight comes in the first quarter. Mm. So, Robisi, uh, I want to ask him, obviously, you know, how long has he been doing that? Was that something that he allowed Coach Larry Way to suggest and just follow that lead? So, quería preguntarte, ¿cuánto tiempo tú estás haciendo eso? Que tú vienes, vamos a poner un mes antes de, de saber que tiene una pelea para un, un camp, like, pre-camp, como él dice, o eso algo que él te recomendó y tú lo estás haciendo desde que te juntaste con él. Bueno, desde que, desde que nos juntamos, desde que, que empezamos a trabajar... Eh, lo, lo fuimos haciendo desde un inicio trabajamos primero creo que fueron dos semanas de precampamento después hicimos tres y todo depende va dependiendo de la pelea no un secreto eh, mi próxima pelea va a ser bien importante como han sido las del 2023 pero hemos ido eh, escalando poco a poco entonces eh, creo que esa idea que ha tomado él y, y mi mi asesor, eh, creo que, que ha sido buena porque eh, teníamos que, que trabajar lo que era la fuerza, eh, el balance en las piernas, muchas cosas que, que hacía años yo no trabajaba y, y que lo necesitaba. Por lo tanto, creo que, que sí, que ha sido una buena idea. Desde que, desde que inicié con él lo hemos hecho y, y bueno, ya lo hacemos cuando, cuando ya hay unas conversaciones, cuando ya se... Se, se habla mucho de lo que se viene, entonces dijimos, bueno, vamos, vamos a empezar a calentar motores, como, como decimos nosotros, por si, por si se da, no nos cojan en cero y, y entonces empezar un campamento. So, uh, he, I asked him, obviously, and he, his answer was that, yes, it was something that Coach Larry Wade had suggested, uh, but he's totally, you know, enjoying it. He started off at, at first like a two to three week kind of pre-camp, um, and he's just been doing things that he's never done, and he's realizing works for him, like, you know, working on legs and, you know, different positionings that he says Latins like to call getting the, the engines warm, you know? Uh, <laughs> and it's kind of like boxing anyway. You, you got to warm up in the back before you go out to the ring, so they're doing pre-camp to get things ready before the actual fight, so... I do like that. Coach, so that was one of your suggestions. What, what other things have you changed or implemented or suggested uh, in the Robisi camp? Well, one of the things I want to put first is back to the pre-camp conversation. It takes sacrifice to be great at whatever you do. And what Robisi has done was to make the commitment that he's willing to sacrifice time being with his family. I mean, we're in the holidays. And he's in Las Vegas with me in pre-camp. 
And not only is it the holidays, today is his actual birthday and we're training, <laughs> you know. So that tells you the type of commitment Robesi has toward not only the work that we're doing, but his drive to be a world champion, if not one of the best in the sport ever to do it. And so it's going to take that type of work. So that commitment means a whole lot, and it's going to pay dividends down the line. How did you guys connect? You know what? I'm glad you asked that. His manager, who's amazing, Jose, uh, reached out to me. And Jose, how long have you and Jose been together? How many you and Jose? Me? Yeah. Um... 2020. So they've been together a couple of years now, going on the three years. And Jose reached out to me and said, Coach Wade, I'm putting together this team for Basie Ramirez. Do you know who he is? And I said, but of course I know who he is. And he says, I got a lot of the people that I need. I got Solace in place. And for those who know me, they know I think Solace is amazing. Mm. He is definitely a one of the gurus in the boxing sport, if not just in life. So once he told me Solace was on board, and I knew the talent this young man had. He didn't have to convince me to be part of the team. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be part of the team. And so once Jose put the team together, I said, okay, let's go through this first camp. Let's see what we can do. And once I got the verbal commitment from Robesi that what I needed in order for us to be successful together, and he showed me he was willing to do that, I've been on board ever since. And I support him. I really believe that he's going to be one of the best at 126, if not one of the best ever in the sport. So I want to ask Robisi, obviously, did, uh, you know, he have some sort of feeling out period? Uh, or did he just take the word of Jose, who I also have to ask, is that the manager? So quería preguntarte si tú en tu mente tenía un tiempo que tú querías entrenar con diferentes entrenadores para ver si tú mezclas con ellos. Tú nada más te cogiste la palabra de Jose, él te recomendó a coach Larry Wade y... Si José dice que es bueno, es bueno. Eh, bueno, lo de Sala, ¿sabes cómo fue la historia? Terminaba allá mm. en, en San Pete con en el gimnasio de Kid. No, realmente no, no salieron las cosas bien. Eh, vine para acá con Sala. Estaba aquí con Sala entrenando a puro corazón, a puro bolseo, sin preparación física, sin correr. ¿sabes? Entonces Sala fue el primero que dijo, no, tenemos que buscar a alguien. Al yo empezar a trabajar con José, José también, eh, conocedor del deporte, me dice hay que buscar a un preparado físico porque van a venir mejores peleas, hay peleas más fuertes. Eh, él, él me mencionó varios entrenadores, yo no, no conocía. Le dije, bueno, que tú creas que es mejor, que tú creas que, que es bueno, que tú creas que, que me va a ayudar. Él habló con Larry, Larry le dijo, por supuesto, vamos a ver eh, que tienen muchachos, fuimos a una pista, hicimos dos o tres cosas ahí, enseguida él dijo que sí. Y, y bueno, hasta el día de hoy se han visto los resultados. For sure. So he said, um, yeah, you know, he took the word of Jose. Uh, he basically told Jose, Jose basically told him, you know, here's a few different strength and conditioning coaches. He's like, man, look, whoever you think is the best, that's who I'm going to work with. He said, Larry. Then they ended up in a track. Larry had him do a couple of... Uh, you know, different exercises, and they've been together ever I since. Remember. I remember. Uh, <laughs> maybe Teddy push up. Yeah. yeah. So I do. So what you did, like an evaluation of where I he was at uh, physically? Yeah, I always do an evaluation to kind of see what type of fitness the individual has that's in front of me. I test the energy systems by giving them different runs so I can test the energy system based on time. 
And then we do a series of uh, strength endurance type exercises, like he said, push-ups. And I like to get an average baseline of what a professional should be able to do from a push-up standpoint. And the baseline for push-ups for me is 50 push-ups. For a professional fighter. For a professional fighter. But, but you mean he for the tests only, not per set. Yeah, just, well, <coughs> the numbers that we do are beyond 100, I mean, beyond 50, but that particular test is 50, right? And <laughs> wait, he, wait, wait, wait. So you're saying when a fighter's in camp, their set with Larry Wade is more than 100? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Easy. Yeah, easy. Pero sin parar. Yeah. But not not full extension. Yeah. Y'all doing them little prison push-ups. No, we could do full too. Some of them, some of them I don't ask for full extension because it can cause more stress mm. on a rotator cuff. But for the most part, I tested him for 50 and he only gave me 30. And I was like, okay, we got some work to do mm. as far as what's needed. And so we also tested all the different energy systems. And I was like, okay, I gave an average of where I thought he was, how long it's gonna take to get in shape. We didn't have a fight at the time. So it was pretty much, let's start getting his baseline fitness together. Let me go talk to Coach Salas and ask Coach Salas what he needs to see in Robasi because the reality of the situation is I don't determine the direction we go. Mm -hmm. The fighter and the trainer determine that, and I just help facilitate what they're looking for. So if a guy needs to get in better shape, that's what I do. If a guy needs to get stronger, that's what I do. If a guy needs to have more agility, that's what I do. And in this particular case, I asked him what he felt like he needed to get better at. I asked Coach Salas, same thing, and then we went to work. But now he can he can do a, over so, hundred push-ups. So, easy. so why you left it blank? That's 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 uh, team information. What what blank was that? You asked Coach Salas what he need to get better at. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, obviously he's with you, so it's gotten better. The knockouts are there. He's looking better. Okay. They talking title shots. So okay, whatever so. it was is not there anymore. Verdad? Lo que lo que había ya no está. Está, pero lo hemos mejorado. Okay, so he <laughs> says it, it's still there, but you guys have worked on it and it's well, getting better. Well, let's just be very clear. Um, one of the things that people were talking to me about, not Robesi, was he didn't have power. Mm. That's what they were saying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was a total lie. He always had power. Larry Wade did not give him power. Larry Wade showed him how to drop his hips to use the power and be strong in your legs. Once he got his legs strong, he <laughs> handles the rest. He has no problem. He's always had power. He just boxed a lot more. When he's boxing and moving, it's a lot harder to throw power. But he's always had it. He's always had it. It was just a matter of getting his legs strong enough so he could sit on it and really start to throw heat. And once he realized he had it, he hasn't turned away from it at all. He's trying to knock everybody out. That's what it looks like. It, it, so I do want to ask him that. Um, Larry Wade, él no está diciendo ahora que ahora que tú estás, tú sabes, noqueando, parece que tú quieres noquear a todo el mundo. Y es verdad, a veces yo te veo y tú estás tirando con toda tu fuerza, o, o sea, se parece así por televisión. Eh, ¿Es algo de knockout que tú, que te, que, que te fascina o que te, I don't know, que te motivas? O... Realmente es más eh, como se dé la pelea. Yo, como tú dices, yo después de mis peleas, yo veo las peleas, yo me siento a mirar. Y, y de ahí es que uno saca a veces los errores o, o lo que debimos haber hecho que no se hizo. Sí, salimos bien, pero 
podíamos haber hecho esto y hubiéramos salido mejor. Eh, y no, yo no soy un bolseador que sale a buscar el nocao. Realmente salgo a trabajar. Eh, lo que me ha dicho Larry siempre, desde que empezamos a trabajar, ya hicimos el campamento, tú estás fuerte, tú, tú estás preparado, no te limites. Entonces salgo a no limitarme. Si se ve que estoy buscando el gol, pues es porque lo estoy tirando así para, para, que, para que el rival sienta que yo estoy ahí que, y que si le doy bien dado se va a caer. Mm. Eh, entonces eh, creo que, que, eso, que salgo a trabajar, no realmente a buscar el nocao. Si sale, sale. Y es como, como pasó en la última pelea. Eh, realmente era una pelea más de tránsito por lo que pasó con Jesse Magdaleno que se quitó. Eh, no era necesario tampoco buscar el caos, pero se dio la oportunidad y, y bueno, y salió. Yeah, so I was asking him if it was something about the knockout that, you know, drives him or motivates him because it has been seeming like he's been going for the knockout. And uh, he said, no, that it's not like that, you know. If it comes, it comes. Um, it's not something that he's uh, looking for. Um, and even in this last fight, you know, since Jesse Magdaleno pulled out and it was a different opponent... You know, uh, he was able to get the knockout because it presented himself. Itself. It wasn't like, again, he was looking for it. Um, you know, he's there to fight and he's ready to fight. So that's all that matters. Uh, so what I do want to ask, um, how are you feeling, you know, with your promoter? Because it seems like they're moving you in the good direction. You know, seems like you're going to get this world title. Uh, you know, you have the right team in place. How how are you feeling as a fighter? Do you think that 2023 is your year? I know you mentioned that you'll get that title shot, but you think this is the year that you take off as a boxing star? No, realmente yo me siento bien. Eh, hasta ahora las cosas con, con la compañía, con Torran, van, van bien. Se está viendo, eh, no te voy a decir mentiras, se está viendo el apoyo que no había anteriormente, ya realmente, como he dicho en, otro, en otras entrevistas, eh, ya yo no soy un, un, como dicen ellos, un prospecto, ya yo soy un contendiente a título mundial. Eh, y, y creo que sí, estoy, estoy, me siento bien con la compañía, me siento ready para un 2023 lleno de cosas buenas, eh, tanto eh, de salud, de bendiciones con mi familia, como en mi carrera, creo que que va a ser el año donde realmente vamos a, a coronar, que va a quedar para la historia. Y de ahí adelante, entonces ya hablaremos de, de unificación y, y de otras peleas más importantes, porque en esta división hay bastantes bolsillos con los que se pueden hacer peleas buenas. So he says, yeah, man, he feels good. And uh, in terms of the, the, the company that is top rank, he feels he feels the push from them that he believes in the past wasn't there. And he feels like it's there now. They they believe in him. He believes that 2023 will be his year, um, not only in boxing, but, you know, he's hoping that blessings come to him and his family in life as well. Uh, but he definitely feels like top rank has stepped up, which is a good thing, man. You know, um, they have ESPN, and that's a major platform that can push him out there. And right now, it's not a lot of Cuban stars. So I do want to ask... Um, Does he feel the need to change that traditional Cuban style? I feel like a couple of years ago, people, you know, when you thought of a Cuban, you thought of a boxer. Um, and now that's slightly changed with himself and 
Eurokas Gamboa. Uh, and, 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 you know, did he set out to change that or is this just his natural style? Did you understand that? Yeah, okay. better be. <laughs> ¿Quieres que te lo diga de nuevo? No, no, okay. entendí bien. So, si me puede eh, darme la respuesta de eso. Yo creo que, que es imposible a esta altura cambiarme el, el, la escuela cubana, el estilo del boiseo cubano. Simplemente es, eh, bueno, el que lo vea como yo y el que sea inteligente. Eh, es agregarle las cosas que uno aprende en el bolso profesional con salas, con Larry, estar sentado, pegar fuerte, buscar hacer daño, pero quitarme el estilo cubano eso no va a pasar, porque es que creo que tienen una, una, un falso concepto del estilo cubano, el estilo cubano en el amateur sí es dar y que no te den y, y moverse y estar como se dice corriendo, eh, nunca me he caracterizado por eso, ni en el amateur ni ahora. Eh, si, si tengo que moverme, me muevo, pero siempre buscando mi posición para poder atacar de nuevo, no, no huyéndole a ningún rival. Entonces creo que el estilo cubano es ese, es moverse, pero buscando atacar, incluyéndole las cosas que he aprendido acá. Por lo tanto, no, no creo que tenga que cambiarme. Mi, mi, mi escuela cubana de bolseo es lo que me caracteriza. Eh, y ya los nocaos y la fuerza es lo que le incluí a mi estilo. So he's saying that that basically no, um, he is the Cuban school of boxing, and there's a misconception amongst boxing that Cuban boxing is you know only running or like we like to say uh, to to hit and not be hit, which he says it is, but it's also to Avoid being hit and look for the attack or counterattack, which is what he does. And he says he's never been characterized as a, you know, runner or a mover, not even in the amateurs, let alone here in the pros. And what he's been able to do is add Ishmael Silas, add Coach Larry Wade to that Cuban school of boxing, that that will always be him. So that was a great answer. Uh, for sure, but I do want to ask him because I think I heard that he sparred with uh, Hector Luis Garcia. Is that true? Yep. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts? 2014. Oh, wow. That long ago. Yeah. Yo pensaba que era más recién como está entrenando acá arriba con Bobby Santo. Ah, que dice sparring. Sí. Sí, sí, claro, claro. No, pero peleamos. Él y yo peleamos. Oh, pelearon en 2014 un centroamericano. All right, so he was telling me I'm thinking they sparred <laughs> in 2014. I'm like, damn, no, he's, no, no. he's out here. Why y'all not getting nowhere? He's like, no, we fought in the amateurs in 2014. But yes, since Hector Luis Garcia has been out here, they have sparred. And uh, now I got to get his opinion. How good do you <laughs> think he's going to do versus Tank? Uh -oh. Mi opinión personal es que Tanque debe ganar. Mm. Mi, mi opinión personal. Héctor Lee es un boxeador guerrero. Eh, es fuerte. Pero Tanque es un tipo que tiene boxeo cuando quiere. Porque lo ha demostrado que es cuando él quiere boxear. Mm -hmm. Cuando él quiere salir a noquear, él noquea, él sale a, a fajarse. Pero con un boxeador así fuerte, 
le va a bolsear y pienso y, y lo va a ir desgastando poco a poco. Algo que haría yo. Uh -huh. o sea, hablando como yo pienso, no sé, la táctica de Coca-Cola. Eh, el torneo es un bolseador fuerte, un bolseador eh, que, que tiene que, que he ido aprendiendo. Creo que con Sala se vio su mayor avance. Me, no me gusta hablar ni faltarle respeto a nadie, pero creo que, que han sido un poco mal agradecidos. Y esto lo digo aquí, se lo he dicho a ellos en lo personal. Eh, porque... ¿Que él ha sido un poco mal agradecido? Sí, los bolseadores. Oh, oh. Los so, so tú hablas sobre... Ay, yo, ay, ay, yo y sé, ahora, ahora no. yo no tengo a alguien para traducir. Que, tú que... hablas habla sobre los dominicanos que se fueron. Sí. Ay, sí. Dios mío. Y yo no tengo traducción. No, ay. pero yo se lo he right. dicho try a ellos. Try it, try it, try it. Yo try. se lo he dicho a ellos personalmente. No es algo que yo estoy diciendo acá. No, no, no. no ya claro. ellos lo saben. Mm -hmm. Mi opinión. Porque ayer mismo vi, creo, que una publicación, ¿no? Que vos santo entrenador del año. What the fuck, man? <risa> pero, pero yo ¿Qué? sí él ganó tiene, él tiene Carlos Adames ganó con él ¿sabes que cualquier tiempo entrenaron ellos para esa pelea con, con ese señor? como seis semanas tuvieron que hasta entrenar en México sí porque eh, la visa de Carlos ¿qué tiempo entrenó eh, Puello y, y Héctor Luis con, con ese señor? Para la, para la pelea en Miami de título mundial. Él, él, él entrenó con él porque yo vi apoyo haciendo... No, en serio, yo vi apoyo haciendo guanteo con... Claro, porque se los llevaba de gimnasio. Se, no, los en llevaba, se los llevaba de gimnasio. Uh -huh. Sin hablar con Sala. No se hace. Estamos en un negocio. Tú sabes que tú tienes un lado de la historia. No, 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 no. Tú tienes no. que hablar con los peleadores. Yo hablé con los peleadores. Yo pero, estaba ahí. Pero solo. No, no, yo estaba ahí. Porque yo, yo, yo he oído mucho a los no, no. historias. Lo que te estoy diciendo es lo que yo hablé con Héctor Luis. Ok, con Luis específico. Yo le dije a Héctor Luis, mira, creo que está siendo un poco mal agradecido porque aunque Salas sea una persona mayor y de vez en cuando se le va a la cabeza, uh -huh. Es un tipo que le gusta trabajar, que trabajó con ustedes, que estuvieron dos años aquí sin pagar un peso. Mm. ¿Entiendes? Que tú ganes tu título mundial, está bien. Ah, sí, vos santo. Ah, que te compra tenis y te, y te lleva a correr a la montaña. Pero aunque sea un mensaje, profe, mira, este título también es de usted. Porque es, dos años se metieron ahí entrenando sin pagar un peso. Mm. Espérate, dame tratado de traducir un poco de esto. So, Ay, y si no, el que entendió, entendió. <laughs> exactly. He said, if you don't know Spanish, you fucking missed it, whatever I missed, because that was a lot. So basically, um, you know, we had been hearing these stories, though, Coach. I swear to God. So, you know, what he knows, he obviously knows more than me because he's a fighter. He's been in that gym with Salas and them training. Mm -hmm. But... But I heard from plenty of fighters, they don't like the way the Salas is. Like, he's too over them. You know, if they want to take a picture, he ain't trying to hear that. If they want to record themselves on the bags, he's saying no. Everything is his way, and it turned off some fighters. So, Robisi, so basically, <laughs> Robisi is telling me, like, yo, They're just ungrateful. Specifically, Hector Luis Garcia. He was training there two years without paying one dollar. The least he could have done, yeah, you won your world title. You want to say that that was with Bob Santos? 
cool, but send a fucking message to Ishmael Salas saying, yo, professor, this is for you too. You helped me get there. Right. We did two years right. in for free, you know? So I get that and his side of the story, but there is industry rumors that Salas is too much on them fighters, and, and that's why a lot of those fighters left uh, from that gym. But you wanted to say something. No, para, para que no dieras tanta vuelta, la cuestión es esa. A mí realmente no me interesa si entrenan con Bosanto. Eh, oye, profe, mira, este es un audio. Profe, este título también es para usted, aunque yo sé que usted está molesto con nosotros, pero yo trabajé con usted mucho tiempo y, y usted me enseñó mucho. Este título también es para usted. Ya, ya. Sala es, Sala es una persona mayor que de vez en cuando te digo, porque hasta conmigo se faja, uh -huh. pero, pero hay que entenderlo. Porque es un tipo que sabe de bolseo. Cuando él te dice algo y se faja contigo es porque él está viendo que algo está mal. Entonces ahí es donde uno tiene que sentarse, analizar y decir, si él me está diciendo esto es por algo. Entonces, yo no pido más nada. Si al final cada cual hace lo que quiere con su carrera y, y esto es un business, esto es un negocio. So, um, he's just saying that's all that he asks. He just... He says, look, it costs you nothing to grab your phone and send a voice message and just say, hey, this is for you too. You, you worked with me, you know? Just uh, have a That's little it. gratitude, basically. He's not um, picking sides, and he said he understands this is a business, but as a fighter, he would like Lewis and anyone else to show gratitude. Coach, I know you wanted to give your opinion. You know, I've been with Rebasi now over almost a year and a half. And even before that, I've had a relationship with Solace for years and I have always been welcome in his gym. And um, I saw Solace personally work with a lot of these guys consistently, giving them advice, helping them over the years. Uh, once again, as far as the overbearing part of it, I haven't seen much of that. But in some of these guys' cases, they actually need a little bit more uh, structure. structure for lack of words, because they don't have an understanding of what it takes to get to the top. And when you're dealing with a guy like Solace, you're talking about a coach who has 16 world titles, I believe it is, as a trainer. So there's a certain level of knowledge, a certain level of professionalism, and a certain level of understanding that's needed in order for these guys to get to the top. And this is his way of trying to create that structure so they can walk within the lines and still be successful. A lot of times in the gym, which you you know yourself, uh, guys look at the gym sometimes as just a social media op, opportunity just to show hitting the bag, speed bag, or whatever the case may be, and that becomes more the focus than actually focusing on a craft, mm -hmm. focusing on the technique, focusing focusing on the structure and and the sacrifice that's needed to get there. And and so sometimes it is a, a big rough for guys just simply because they're not used to that. They're not used to someone having structure or even caring enough to want to create it. Most guys are, yeah, do what you want. Yeah, I like you. I love you the way you are. And empower the bad habits along with the good habits. And Solace is not a guy that's going to do that. If he doesn't see the, the good habits supporting or the bad habits supporting, he's going to try to correct whatever those are. Uh, I want to ask Robisi because I feel like I remember, but I'm going to tell him not to take, not to quote me. 
but I feel like I remember Hector saying that he wasn't getting enough one-on-one time. So I just want to ask Rubisi, does he feel that maybe Salas has too many or had too many? Because obviously with those three Dominicans leaving, that's three fighters alone. So, ¿tú crees que... Porque yo como que me recuerdo que él dijo que él no tenía suficiente tiempo íntimo para él. O sea, ese era el complaint de ellos. Eh, ¿Tú crees que Sales tal vez tiene demasiados peleadores o es embuste? Si tú necesitas ayuda, tú tienes que buscarlo a él y él va a estar ahí. Es lógico. Bolsillador aquí es... Eh, los bolsillares somos nosotros. Y, y es verdad, hay veces Ignacio está lleno. Pero yo llamo y le digo, Sala, ¿a qué hora puedo entrar? Puedo ir a gimnasio que me vayas a atender. No, ven a la una de la tarde que ya todo el mundo terminó y yo te atiendo a ti. Ok. Ellos no podían hacer eso porque ellos no pagaban por, por entrenar ahí. Mm. Ellos se metieron año y pico sin pelear, ninguno, entrenando. O sea, tú no puedes exigir si tú no pagas tu, el servicio. Es como que yo le diga al área ahora, mira, yo quiero entrenar tres meses antes de la pelea. Él me diga, sí, pero yo tengo que atender a Keylor Plant, tengo que atender a Rolly, tengo que atender... Entonces yo digo, no, espérate. Mira, ¿qué, ¿qué hace falta para que tú me puedas atender a mí? ¿A qué horario puedo ir? Ellos no podían hacer eso. Okay. Esto es un país capitalista. En Dominicana no sé cómo se vive. En Cuba, tú sabes, el socialismo y... Lo, lo, la dictadura acá allá. pero estamos en un país capitalista y hay que aprender uh-huh. hay que aprender si tú no vas tú no puedes ir so he answered my question which he says yes of course the gym is packed but you know you just gotta open your mouth and you'll get fed if he says for him he'll just say Silas what time are you available to train me personally I want one-on-one time. And Silas will say, hey, come at said time because all the guys are gone by then. But he made sure to emphasize that he can do that because he's paying. And those guys were not paying. Some of those guys were there a year, a year and a half without a fight. So no fight, no pay, no pay, no... You can't, you can't, you know, ask someone to do something for you if... You know, you're not paying the man. You're taking him away from money. So he's, he gave the analogy of Coach Larry Wade. He's like, all right, what, what if I want to come train with Larry three months early? He's got Caleb Plant. He's got Roley. He's got to work with them. So, you know, if he does, if Robisi does want to work with Larry three months early, he's going to have to pay Larry three months early. So definitely understandable. Well, well, does that mean now that you haven't been able to spar with him since he left the gym? Eso quiere decir que ustedes no han guanteado desde, ese, desde que se fue, entonces. No, no, yo más nunca he visto a esa gente. Mm. ¿Y cuánto tiempo eso? Desde que ellos se fueron. ¿Pero eh, cuánto? ¿Un mes? ¿Un año? Eh, bueno, mira, yo... Es que me... Yo hablé con un Héctor, creo que fue para la pelea de febrero en Escocia. Eh, él estaba en Dominicana y yo... Hablé con él, mi equipo habló con él para que viniera. Le pagamos pasaje, le pagamos todo para que viniera para acá a entrenar, para que me ayudara a mí a los sparring. Él, por supuesto, estuvo que de acuerdo. Ellos son tremendos muchachos. Ellos no, en lo personal no son malos, lo que a veces no, no generan. Ah, y ahí fue que le apareció a Héctor la pelea con Cosby. 
Mm. Pero todo fue así, por, mediante wow. nosotros. Wow. Wait a fucking. Y entonces de ahí. No, 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 no. Viene no, no, Bob no, no, Santo no. a decirte que él es el que. Tú no eres nada si él vino por mí. Yo, you know? es verdad, porque yo, la historia que él nos dio a nosotros fue que él llamó a Luis para que venga a ver la pelea, para que, pa que te dediquen en el en the mix. You know? Oh, Mentira. wow. Oh, yo wow. le pagué el pasaje a Héctor Luis para que viniera de Dominicana a Las Vegas a ayudarme a mí en el parry para la pelea contra eh, Eric Donovan en Scotland. Wow. Y ahí, cuando, cuando, de hecho, cuando yo le digo, Salas tenía relación con Vos Santos, él me dice, no, mira, nos llevamos a, a Vos Santos para pa Escocia de, de Coman. Yo le dije, yo no voy a trabajar con él. Yo nunca me lo he tragado. O sea, nunca, yo no quiero trabajar con él. Cuando yo le dije a él que él no iba a trabajar conmigo, que él no iba conmigo para allá, él nunca me habló, más nunca me habló. Ni quiero, no me hace falta. No me, mm. no me interesa. Y ahí fue que apareció la pelea con, con Cosbert para Pero no fue que él llamó a Luisito, mira, voy a firmar, firmé a estos muchachos, los voy a traer para acá para que tú me busques una pelea. Mentira. Eso no fue así. Wow, so... Coach, <laughs> you'll be the person I'm translating to as well, <laughs> as well as the audience. So it's so crazy. This boxing world is so small. So we've obviously interviewed Bob Santos. And, you know, when he tells the story of Hector Luis Garcia getting the Colbert fight, he makes it seem as if he called Hector and said, hey, come out. You know, I'm going to fly you out. Come watch this fight so you could be in the mix. And because he was out there watching the fight, He got the call from Al, like, hey, you think Hector could be ready? He's like, yeah, can you be ready? Like, yeah, of course he could be ready. So he got the fight. But now, <laughs> you know, Robisi tells us, bullshit. He says, yo, I called Hector in DR. I paid for his flight. He was my lead sparring partner for Eric Donovan. La preparación para esa pelea la hizo Gonzalo y conmigo. He said the preparation for that fight, he did it with Ishmael Salas and Robisi. This is 100% true. I've been with him for longer than that period of time. I think I've been with him for going on my fifth fight, about a year and like three, four months. I know for a fact that Robisi brought him out for camp. Robisi, he was the chief sparring partner for Robisi. And I was actually wanting to see how that fight was going to turn out because... You know, he was getting sharp during sparring, but he looked much better the night of the fight than he did in sparring. Mm. And so I knew Robesi was ready. So to see this young man go out there and win a belt, I was very happy for him because I know how hard his sparring was against Robesi. Mm -hmm. And so for me to go see Robesi get a knockout off based off the work he did with him, I wasn't surprised because he was showing that type of behavior in sparring as well. So... Uh, I guess I'm learning something new, too, because I didn't know that's what Bob Santos has said. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't really pay a close attention, a lot of attention to him either, so. <laughs> so, he's making it seem like, obviously, Robise uh, got very good work with Hector Lewis that he got the best of, and that's why the knockout came. Um, so, I want to ask Robise, did he feel that the work was that good? Did he expected Hector to get the win over Colbert, where many... People thought he would not, and he was a huge underdog, mm -hmm. um, according to the betting lines. ¿Entendiste? Mm, no. no. So, te quería preguntar, obviamente, Larry Way está diciendo que él te vio guanteando con Hector Lewis, y de, de ver eso, ya él supo que tú ibas a estar listo, y por eso 
se, se notó que tú tuviste un knockout. So, yo quiero preguntarte lo mismo. Ya tú, como tú estabas guanteando con Hector, tú tal vez te fijaste que sí, él iba a poder ganar porque todo el mundo lo tenía como underdog y que de no hecho, iba a ganar. De hecho, cuando, cuando a mí me, me cuando no encontramos sparring para, para, para esa pelea, Salas es el primero que me dice, vamos a hablar con Héctor Luis. Eh, José me dice, vamos a llamar a Héctor Luis. Héctor, como te dije ahorita, Héctor Luis es un boxeador guerrero. Sabemos que, que, que le gusta. Uh -huh. eh, cuando yo hice sparring dos o tres veces con él, yo dije, ya estoy listo para pelear. Yo, a mí no me hace falta seguir esforzando, subir más la preparación. Cuando yo voy a Escocia a pelear, yo estoy listo. Y yo fui uno de los que le, lo motivó a él. Le dijo, mira, nosotros estamos adaptados a, a salir de última hora, a fajarnos, a no creer en nadie. Tú nada más ponte para hacer el peso, que usted es un guerrero, usted se faja, usted está listo para pelear con cualquiera, pero siempre inteligente y, y a, a darlo todo, ¿sabes? Motivándolo. Uh -huh. Yo no, no sabía quién era Cosby, yo tampoco, yo no soy seguidor de los bolseadores que no, que no me interesan, que no son los, los que yo me debo enfrentar. Uh -huh. eh, pero sí sé quién es Héctor Luis, sí sé cómo bolsea Héctor Luis, cómo funciona Héctor Luis. Eh, por lo tanto, yo dije, tú puedes. Yo se lo dije, tú puedes. Y pasó. Y ganó, y después peleó los títulos mundiales, y hoy en día es campeón mundial, y yo feliz por él, por él, nada más. <laughs> so uh, he was saying yeah you know he sparred him and it was good sparring but right away he knew he was ready meaning Robisi knew he himself was ready um, but he continued to motivate Hector and let him know that he can do it and told him just focus on making the weight because you're a warrior you know you're, you're gonna put in the work and uh, he says he was one of the first to tell him that he can do it. And look, he went out there and did it, defeated Colbert. He specifically said, I didn't even know who Colbert was. I don't even pay attention to fighters that are not in my division or that I'm not going to face, which is funny since Colbert is like uh, 130. It's in right. and around, you know. But um, yeah, man, uh, you know, he said he was happy for him. For him. And he emphasized happy for Hector <laughs> Lewis and no, no one else. But yeah, man, um, I, I do appreciate you guys going coming on. I don't know, is there anything specific you guys want? Maybe uh, I know you you're into a lot of ventures. I don't know what uh Robisi may be having going on, but if there's anything specific you want to direct the audience to or, or or anything you guys need to say before we wrap it up. Well, I just want to say to those out there, stay motivated. There was a time in Robisi's career where he came out very Sought out as one of the top guys, being the 2012-2016 Olympic gold medalist. He lost his very first fight. And in the boxing world, that's a horrible thing to happen because if you lose one fight, a lot of times people just think that you're washed up. So to lose the very first one made it an uphill battle for him. And so he has fought the challenges that have been put in front of him. He's taken advantage of those opportunities. He's earned his way all the way back to the top again to get an opportunity to possibly fight for a world title in the first quarter. So for those out there, just stay motivated, stay focused. 
Believe when nobody else believes. This is how you get to being great. You don't get to being great just by saying, I want to do something. You got to fulfill it. You got to support it. You got to put your efforts behind it. So keep supporting this young man, supporting other young men and women just like him. Uh, like I said to, go earlier today, it's his birthday. So please go and support him. Continue to watch his jump and his worth ethic all the way to the top. He will be a world champion. So just stay motivated and don't allow certain setbacks to get in the way of your own greatness. Yeah, I do want to ask him to touch on that because, you know, we know Nikoshi Solomon suffered a, his first loss and he was cut, you know. Um, and some of these fighters suffer losses, turn off their social media accounts. Some can't get over it. So, obviously, he's been able to pull himself from that loss into title contention. So, I just wanted to, you know, get his story was it dark, and how'd you get out of that dark place so that you could give some motivation to, you know, fighters? Because not everybody can win, right? especially not every single night. ¿Entendiste o te lo...? Por favor. Okay, so, no, quería preguntarte, obviamente, como él estaba diciendo que tú perdiste tu primera pelea, yo quería preguntarte cómo fue eso para ti, si tú puedes dar tu historia, porque yo sé que hay muchos peleadores que pagan la, las redes sociales después que pelean, que no, no saben venir para atrás de, un, de una perdida. Entonces, esa siendo tu primera, tú todavía fue eh, for, fortuno, fortunate, fortunate. Ayúdame con I eso. Fortunate, fortunate, afortunado. Ok. Tú como quiera fui, fuiste afortunado porque no te cortaron. A Nicosi Salomon perdió su primera pelea, yep. lo cortaron, nadie ni sabe dónde está. Entonces, quería que tú dijeras tu historia para los peleadores que pierden, que sepan que no se ha acabado. Eh, es que, es, es que eh, realmente fue una sensación bien, bien difícil. Eh, había una gran expectativa. Yo, yo lo digo en todas las entrevistas eh, y se lo digo a, a Larry cuando me mencionó de venir. Ernesto fue uno de los primeros que que me entrevistó ahí abajo cuando la, la preparación de, de Keith Tumman para pelear con Pacquiao, que, que, que era, fue una gran experiencia para mí. Tumman ya era campeón, yo acababa de llegar. Tenían una gran expectativa conmigo por mi resultado amateur. Eh, la compañía Torran también me tenían como, ¿sabes? Uno de los grandes que, que tenemos, que acabamos de firmar. Eh, yo realmente... Pensaba que estaba preparado mentalmente. Eh, y cuando llegué allí, me di cuenta, después de todo lo que pasó, ya cuando me senté en el hotel a analizar, y me di cuenta de que no, que, que todo era eh, ficticio. Era una ficción porque en el gimnasio todo el mundo veía mis habilidades, lo que yo hacía en el ring, en los sparring, y decían, wow, esto esto es una estrella y yo me lo creí y realmente no estaba yo ready como para eso mm. eh, y nada realmente me levanté estuve un tiempo realmente un poco triste pensando en qué iba a pasar con mi carrera eh, no tenía el equipo indicado tampoco para, para que me apoyaran realmente eh, tuve que ser bien eh, como decirte, eh, apoyarme en mi familia, apoyarme en mis amistades que me dijeron no pasa nada, 
porque el equipo que tenía no, como que no le importaba lo que había pasado. La compañía también estaba frenada. A la hora de, acabamos de firmar un doble campeón olímpico y nos pierde la primera pelea. Eh, pues poco a poco fui levantándome, eh, decidí venir para acá con Sala. ¿Pero cómo? ¿Y haciendo qué? Nada. Eh, decir, como siempre he dicho, es una pelea más. Perdí. Eh, no pasa nada. Eh, todo, todo sigue igual. Yo sigo siendo el mismo boxeador. Yo sigo siendo Robéis y Ramírez, doble campeón olímpico. Yo sigo siendo el boxeador que a los cubanos les gusta. ¿Por qué voy a echarme al piso? No, al contrario. Vamos a seguir entrenando, vamos a seguir trabajando. Eh, búscame otra pelea y, y vamos a darle. Y así pasó. Vine para acá a entrenar con Sala. Sala es un tipo que el que no le suba la autoestima con, entrenando con él eh, está perdido porque Sala es un tipo que, que habla contigo, te, te aconseja, te dice usted es mejor, usted tiene que levantar, usted haciendo el trabajo que estamos haciendo no pierde con nadie y, y te lo crees y es lo que pasa. So, uh, this is a lot, but um, yeah, so I was at, you know, he answered and the answer is that it was difficult. Um, you know, he was under the impression that he was ready. You know, he was training with Keith Thurman. Keith was getting ready for the Manny, Manny Pacquiao fight. He just gets to America and that's the gym that he ends up at. You know, he's sparring and he's looking good. So people are cheering him on. They're telling him he's looking good. And he felt like he started to believe the hype and he wasn't ready for the fight that he was in. Um, but he didn't realize that till after, obviously. And, uh, you know, I asked him specifically, you know, how'd you get out of that dark place? Um, and he just said it was really family and him wanting to get in there and fight and there being another fight, you know? And he's like, look, I'm still Robisi Ramirez, the two-time gold medalist, you know? Um, He didn't want to stay in that place of negativity, you know? And uh, I applaud him for that, you know? I, 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 I think it's, it's definitely difficult. We've, we've seen other fighters not be able to come out of it. So, you know, the fact that he's in title contention and it was his first loss, like I said, I applaud him because uh, we know a lot of fighters that weren't able to get out of that Um, you know, and end up where he's at. I want to ask, though, does he feel like the matchmakers kind of regress the competition or does he feel like they were looking to sever their ties and they started throwing them even harder competition? So, because that's a way out of your contract, you know. If you're, if you're paying a fighter superstar wages and he just lost, you probably don't want that contract. So, te quería preguntar si tú te sientes que la compañía Chaprank te estaban mandando peleadores más difíciles después de la perdida o tú crees que estaban trabajando contigo para que tú vayas creciendo porque obviamente era un contrato que hicieron contigo pero ellos tenían como tú dijiste estaban esperando otra cosa so con darte pelea difícil es una manera de sa sacarte del contrato exacto no creo que que ellos 
no sé, a mi opinión personal, creo que ellos se dieron cuenta de que todo bolseador no es igual. Se dieron cuenta de que donde yo estaba, que el equipo que yo tenía no era el indicado, que yo necesitaba un proceso. Pienso, porque así fue. Fui poco a poco procesando, fueron rivales de menor calidad, algunos que, que, que apretaban un poco, pero que sabían que yo podía ganar. Y hasta que empecé a trabajar con José, que José sí me dijo, no, no, hay que ir buscando bolseadores que te... Porque realmente el, el equipo que yo tenía no se preocupaban por los rivales, eh, no se preocupaban por, por, los, por los rounds. Ellos decían, la compañía le mandaba un nombre o de, de una fecha, ellos me decían, va a pelear con fulano tal día. Y dale. Mm. Y indiscutiblemente este negocio no es así. Entonces ahí fue donde, donde yo dije, mira, esto no puede seguir así. ¿Cuántas peleas subiste así? Eh, eso fue agosto, después peleé en noviembre acá con Sala, volví a pelear en febrero del, del 2020, peleé de nuevo en junio, julio, y ya en septiembre creo fue mi última pelea con ellos, y ya volví a pelear en diciembre, en fin de año, pero ya eso fue trabajando con José. Yeah, because I know that. So obviously I was asking him um, about that tough opposition and did he feel that they were throwing him? And he says, no, it wasn't even the company. It was his managers and or handlers. They weren't really caring who he was fighting. They weren't worried about the fighter, how many rounds. It was just like, yo, this is the fight and this is when you're fighting. And He actually stood in that situation for quite a few fights. He, he ended up, uh, you know, rematching uh, Adan Gonzalez and, you know, ended up having the fight with Felix uh, Cabral. And then that's when he was out of that situation and linked up with Jose and Ishmael Salas. Well, obviously, he was already training with Salas after the loss, but, you know, Coach Larry Wade and everyone else um, got together after that when Jose got involved. Uh, so I do want to say they didn't pump the brakes. And uh, how did he feel about that? Because obviously the first fight was a four-rounder. He loses it. The next fight is a six-rounder. So it didn't seem like they pumped the brakes. You understood that? Sí, esa primera pelea era seis rounds también. Oh. Y me la cambiaron a cuatro rounds la semana de la pelea. Mm. Entonces okay. también un poco me, me cruzó ahí, pero no hay justificación. Mm -hmm. ya, ya los jueces lo vieron ganar a él. Eh, tuvimos la revancha en el 2020, en, en julio creo que fue. Y, y le gané por decisión unánime, pudiendo parar la pelea. Mm -hmm. pero, pero bueno, no llegué a ese punto. Y nada, y de ahí se fue, se fue viendo el cambio. Después en septiembre peleé con un bolseador conocido que había peleado con Chacún que fue eh, Caraballo, uh -huh. y entonces ya en, en fin de año, ya peleando con, ya, ya trabajando con José, eh, peleé con, con, con Brandon Bardet, creo que se llama, uh -huh. colombiano, y, y todo, todo fue cambiando. El 2021 empezamos a trabajar con Larry, y, y, se, y se vio, se vio el más, cambio. Exacto. So, yeah, he was just explaining that... Um... 
the Adon fight, obviously he rematched him. He, he feels he could have got the knockout. It didn't come, but he feels he could have got the knockout. And then, you know, he stepped up in competition with a former Shakur Stevens opponent and and Caraballo. And, uh, you know, he added uh, Larry Wade in 2021. But every change, you were able to see the progression. And that's what he cares about, you know, that every time he's done something, you've seen that progression. You know, we brought in Larry Wade. You see the progression. He changed trainers to Silas, and you see that progression. Um, I do want to thank you guys. But, oh, oh, yeah, he also said it was my misunderstanding, right? So I thought top rank gave him a first fight as a four-rounder. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, oh, he's in a six-rounder. So it gives you the story of maybe they're putting him in tough. But that first fight was also a six-rounder that last minute got switched to four. But, guys, if you can, please give out any social media so uh, anybody who isn't following you can do so. Uh, well, you can always follow me at Coach Larry Wade on every platform. Coach Larry Wade, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And if you guys find yourself needing any guidance or any support in your professional careers, please feel free. Do not hesitate to reach out to me. Roby, si se quiere dar las redes. Oh, sí, sí, claro. En, en Instagram, Tren Ramírez. En Facebook, Roby, si Tren Ramírez. Y en Twitter, Roby, si Ramírez. So, Robisa Ramirez on all platforms. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you, obviously, for tuning in. Catch me tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. in the morning for The Breakfast Club of Boxing. And I am your host, Nesta Gibbs. Nest GTO, Instagram and Twitter. Peace.